Hey friends, thanks for checking out this message from Believer's Chapel today. We hope that God speaks to you in a personal, powerful way. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Word of God with us. thank those of the families in this place that have been affected by losing loved ones in the uh, armed forces. Come on, can we give them a big hand and just thank you so much for the sacrifice. For those of you watching online, we say thank you. Thank you, thank you. Come on, let's pray for them. God, we thank you for the sacrifices. God, of the families that are left behind, that have been left behind from a loved one that has given their lives to fight for our freedom. God, we thank you, God, for these families, for these people that give their lives, that give their um, everything they have to serve us and to protect us. And God, we lift up the families of those that have lost loved ones. God, we pray that you would watch over them, that you protect them, that you would comfort them. We just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. You know, this... The Bible says, my house shall be called the house of prayer. And we need to spend a little bit more time in prayer this morning. We pray, we thank God for Memorial Day, and we take time to remember um, all the veterans that have gone on. But we also, there's a lot going on in our country, isn't there, this last couple of weeks. And we believe, like we said, that this is a house of miracles, and that God does hear the prayers of his people and that the Bible says if we will humble ourselves and come seek his face then he'll hear from heaven and heal our land and we know our land needs some healing doesn't it we are divided in all kind of matters all kind of cultural issues and we've had a lot of we've had a mental health crisis we are in a mental health crisis people are not well suicide rate is astronomical and now shootings keep happening. And so I want to take some time and just pray. Would you pray with me? And let's go to the Lord and ask for help. And let's ask for safety for our schools. Let's ask for wisdom for our government officials that they could come together and make wise decisions concerning all these different cultural issues. Can we do that? 
Come on, join together with somebody next to you. If you're with somebody, maybe just join hands or if you feel comfortable with others, let's come together in unity. God, we are so grateful that we can come to you in prayer. That God, when we when things seem so astronomical and so big and out of our control, God, we know that nothing is too big for you. And God, you see the hurt and the pain going on in this country, the divisive uh, the divisiveness going on in politics and in cultural issues. And God, you see the, the loss of lives and these, um, these shootings that have happened over the last couple of weeks and even before. God, you see all these things. And right now we come to you and ask God for help. God, we can't control what everybody else does, but God, in this place, in this church, God, we come to you and ask for help. In behalf of our country and standing in the gap for our country, God, we ask for help. God, that you would help us, God, as a country to turn back to you. God, as a country, God, that we would come together in unity and and find ways, better ways to help people. God, to help them in their mental health. God, to help people come to the knowledge of you, to help people to be healed. God, we know that you did that when you sent your son Jesus to come to fix us and to make us right again. And so we pray for a revival that people would come to know you again in this country, that they turn to you, God, through this, because you are the ultimate healing. You're the fix. More than any law that could be passed, more than any uh, restrictions, God, you're the thing that helps the most. So God, we pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you would come alive in this country, that people would be awakened again, that people have never heard your good news would come to hear it in Jesus' name. God, we pray for those families that have lost loved ones over these last couple weeks in Buffalo and, and now in Texas. God, we pray, God, that you would comfort them, that you would be with them and help them. We trust you, God, to make good come out of evil. In Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen, amen. So uh, before we get into the message, I do want to just share a couple things that kind of has, you know, we ask a lot, what can we do, right? <laughs> what can we do here? You know, I was in youth ministry for 25 years, and I've seen a lot of hurting teens and young adults growing up and in the culture. And we've always known that even in this area, that a lot of people have never even heard the gospel message, the good news of Jesus Christ. The thing that brings the best hope, the best healing, that brings us back to our original state of wholeness and of being well in the Lord, of being well mentally. And so we've decided as a church, this happened, you know, even since when I first came here, we had a vision to start a community center to be able to reach out to this community that would include all kinds of different things, whether it's daycare programs or after-school programs, help with education, help with spiritual matters, but also for counseling centers, for people that need counseling. In fact, this week, we're gonna have a counselor moving into one of these offices right over here and uh, to help with mental health issues, to help people. And so we don't, we, we yeah, we believe in, yeah, thank God for that, right? So we, we believe in prayer, but we believe through prayer, God gives us answers to do stuff too. We believe in faith, but faith without works is 
dead, right? So we're not just going to just believe for God to help this community. We're going to do things about it, right? We're sharing the gospel through uh, social media and through our 13039 project. And we're opening up a counseling center and we're opening up a community center. And we're going to keep pushing forward to help families uh, with mental health and with hope, with love and with healing. And so I just want to... Um, just remind you to keep this in prayer and stay involved. Get involved. Um, the guy that's coming to preach here in just a minute is John Barnes. He and his wife are going to be over. Yeah, let's give it up for these, this couple. They're going to be overseeing our family ministries, which includes this community center. And they're, we're starting it from the ground up. And so um, we're, we're going to get after it. And they're getting after it already, these two. They're awesome, awesome power couple. And I'm um, so happy and proud of them. And we're going to, but we're doing it all together as a team. We want to see uh, God impact this area and this region. And these are some of the matters and some of the ways that we do it. So I want to thank you. Keep it in prayer. Get involved if you want, if that's where you feel called to get involved at. But also continue, as you continue to support this place with your tithes and offerings and giving to missions, this is what it goes for, right? That we're constantly giving to these kind of um, things to help our community, including our own community center, right? So... I just ask that you continue to stay faithful to that as we continue to be a light to this community and help them. Cool? Cool. All right. Um, just a couple other quick announcements. Uh, crews are coming up the new crew season. For summer, we have two quick crew seasons, a four-week and a four-week. And if anybody's interested in leading one, get that to Pastor Kaysen. Let him know quickly. And uh, VBS is coming up too. Sign-ups uh, start next week, so just giving you a heads up on that. And uh, it is now my honor and privilege to introduce to you Mr. John Barnes. Good morning, good morning, how are we? Good. So for those of you who don't know, um, as Pastor Rich said, thank you. My name is John Barnes. I have been going to the chapel probably since I was two or three years old. There was a couple of year break where my family had left, but we came back. This was way back when the chapel was just the youth wing over there, that small little section. So I've been here for quite some time. Um, I also have, as Pastor Rich said, a wife, Ashley Barnes. She runs a lot of the stuff behind the scenes here. She's an awesome woman, and quite frankly, she's the rock of our relationship for sure. Obviously, outside of Jesus, no blasphemy there. But um, with that, we have three beautiful children. We have Amelia. She's almost five. She'll be five in October. Um, we have Liam. He's two years old. And we have Finn. He'll be a year next month. So my daughter is at an age where she is very aware of the actions that she takes and the potential consequences of those actions. So whenever she does something wrong, something that, you know, falls in line with something that we have asked her not to do time and time again, she is now at a point in her life where she will run and hide and shy away from us before we've even caught her doing it, right? The guilt and the shame of what she's done has already kind of started to build up in her. And when she does that, what she's doing, because she's actually told me this before, is she thinks that when she does something wrong, 
you know, when she feels that she sinned or did something mommy or daddy told her not to do, that she is no longer worthy to hang around us, that we're not going to want to be with her, that we don't want to hang out with her or spend time with her. And sometimes she even told me once that she wasn't sure if I loved her after she did something. And let me tell you, that broke my heart when she told me that because there is nothing my daughter, my, any of my children could ever do to make me love them any less, to want to push them away, to think less of them. And that's kind of where I bring into our message today. We're going to be taking a look at Hebrews chapter 10, specifically verses 19 to 23. I want to give you kind of a quick overview. Hebrews was written to Christians who have recently converted over from the Judaism faith. And this letter was written to them because of one thing. They let the guilt and shame building up in their lives pull them back from God. They let the, the guilt and shame build up in their lives, feed them lies that they weren't worthy to have a relationship with God, which goes against everything that Jesus told us and that everything that Jesus did here for us on the earth. Am I right? So this is where these Hebrews are at, right? All the laws that they once followed, all the things that they once knew with the Judaism faith, right? They had to sacrifice animals to atone for their sins and all of these things. They don't have to do that anymore because they have Jesus. But they let the lies, the guilt, and the shame build up and pull them back from this faith that they proclaim they believe in, which is Jesus. I want to take a look at the first verse here in chapter 10. Sorry, uh, verse 19. It says, therefore, brothers and sisters, we have the confidence to, ent to, to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. The most holy place is the presence of God, right? The blood of Jesus, that's the death on the cross that he, he took for us. We can enter into the presence of God because Jesus made the way. You know, by his sacrifice, we can simply be with God. He wants to know you. He wants you to draw near to him. You know, when we say enter into the presence of God, what does that mean? It means we get to have a relationship with him. You have a direct connection with God, right? You don't have to jump through hoops. You don't have to sacrifice animals. You don't have to wait for a specific time of the year. You can just have a relationship with God. When you wake up, before you go to bed, on your way to work, these are all things that you have access to because what Jesus did for us. You know, and why would you want that? I, I would want it, you know, because this is a God who wants to take you in, who has already given you a free gift to him, right? The blood of Jesus, the perfect sacrifice. And he wants to take that guilt and shame in your life. He wants to pull it off of you and allow you to live a life in relationship with him that isn't you falling back into the same old uh, sins, the same old shame, the same old wrongdoings over and over again. I don't know about you, but that's a God that I want to follow. Amen? You know, and that's where a lot of these new Christians were, right? Like I said, they let the guilt and shame build up and just breathe lies into their life. It's so funny because when we believe in Jesus, we say, you know, we say that we believe he died on the cross for our sins, but we still allow these lies to seep back into our lives. And it's just, it kind of baffles me because I do it too, right? And because of that, when we do that, when we allow that guilt and shame to really recede us from everything, even relationships with friends and families, right? We, we, our lives begin to kind of fall apart. Things don't go the way that we want them to, and we kind of see things around us start to crumble because we're holding on to essentially a sickness, right? It's a spiritual, a mental sickness that we are 
consciously, you know, essentially holding on to, and it just kind of festers within us. I know I've done it, and I've done it in big ways. I want to share with you guys a little bit of a personal story about myself. When I was very young, I was about between the ages of six and eight. I don't know exactly what, but I remember the summer very specifically. I was sexually assaulted by somebody who was about five years older than I was over the course of a summer. And that guilt and shame, that event sprouted into a long battle against pornography and sexual sin that I had to deal with. And the shame and guilt that I let build up in my life with those years of battles was just astronomical. I would pull away from church. I'd stop going to Sunday service. I'd find any and every excuse to get away. I wouldn't read my Bible. I wouldn't listen to Christian radio or worship songs or anything. I just pulled back completely. And on top of that, at the time, you know, I was dating my wife later on in the years and I was still having this struggle. I've been with my wife for 17 years in total now. I would pull back from my relationship with her because I'd feel unworthy to hang out with her, to be in her presence, to be in God's presence. So the more I let that shame and guilt of what I had done build up in me, the further and further I receded back. And oftentimes, I would fall back into that sin again because I was already so far drawn back. I know we've all done it here. I know there's things that you guys hold on to, things that maybe you keep secret, things that maybe have happened to you that cause you to hold on to guilt and shame where it should not. I want to give you a quick couple of statistics here on pornography because I think that's something that runs rampant in our country and all over this world. 79, this is all from uh, CovenantEyes.com. They ran some statistics. If you guys don't know what that is, I highly suggest you get that on your devices. It's a monitoring program. But it's, they say this, 79% of men ages 18 to 30 admit to viewing pornography at least once a month. And I'll tell you this, from somebody who struggled with it, they may admit to doing it once a month. I guarantee you it's much more than that. Okay? 79%. That's a lot of people. And I, I guarantee there's people out there who weren't placed in the study or who just wouldn't admit it, too. I, I bet the numbers, I'd be personally surprised, you know, wouldn't be surprised if they were a little bit higher. They also did age ranges leading all the way up to 70 and 80. The numbers digress a little bit, but they don't drop below 50%. Women, ages 18 to 30, 76% of women admit to doing it at least once a month. The numbers digress a little bit more as the, as the age ranges get older, but still there's a high percentage of people who admit to partaking in some type of sexual sin pornography at least once a month. And I'll tell you this firsthand, that is extremely damaging. Even just one time of partaking in something like that can cause just, I mean, those, those images, you know, those things that you, you do, not only do you allow the guilt and shame to kind of build up in you, but th those stuff are hard to get out of your head, right? Especially on your own. Here's the good news. You don't have to let the guilt and shame build up in your life. You don't have to be bound by whatever it is that you've done that you know you shouldn't have. Maybe it's sexual sin, maybe it's drugs, maybe it's something else, but you don't have to let that build up in your life and keep you from God. How do we know it? It says it right here, chapter 10, verse 22. Sorry, 20 to 22. 
It says, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. I specifically want you to focus on a new and living way. Guys, you don't have to be bound by guilt and shame because why? Jesus already came and made the way, right? There's no more sacrifices. There's no more jumping through hoops. There's just Jesus. Amen, yeah. And I like what David Guzik says. He's an author and commentator um, for the Blue Letter Bible. He says this, about verse 20 specifically, a new and living way. This means that the sacrifice of Jesus' flesh is always fresh in the mind of God. Are you hearing that? The sacrifice that took place over 2,000 years ago is just as good today as it was back then and another 2,000 years from now, just the same. Come on! You can wake up in the morning, you can talk to God, you can pray to God, you can enter in the presence of God. You can be on your way to work. You can worship in the car and be the presence of God. You can be in the middle of the worst storm of your life and you can enter in the presence of God. Why? Because Jesus has made the way and he is enough. Guys, don't hold on to your shame and guilt. It is nothing but lies. It has no place in the kingdom of God and the presence of God. 10.23 says this. It says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who is promised is faithful. That means, if you believe in Jesus, do not waver, do not let your ground be shaken, but stand and believe, because he who has promised you this, he who has promised you that he would take away your sins, your guilt, and your shame, the things that he has promised in your life, he is faithful. And I challenge you, if you aren't sure, to test him on it to test how faithful he is, to put that into practice, because I promise you it'll pay out. Zane C. Hodges uh, is another quote here, and I like the way he worded this. It says, There ought to be no wavering in regard to these superlative, superlative realities. Rather, each new covenant worshiper should approach God in the conscious enjoyment of freedom from guilt and with a sense of the personal holiness that Christ's sacrifice makes possible. What does this mean? It means you can just simply be with God because of what he has offered you, his son on the cross. That's all we got to accept. Amen? It's already been done, guys. Draw into a relationship with him. Shame and guilt, I've said it already, they have no place in the presence of God. Jesus is our new and living way. That is fresh in God's mind again, just as much today as it was back then, and that will not change. How do we know? It says it all over the Bible. I'll give you a couple of examples. Hebrews 9, 17. Their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. Romans 8, 1. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Simple as that. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Here's what I'm not saying today. I'm not saying you can go around doing whatever you want and have a scapegoat to get out of all your sinful acts. But what this is saying to you is that when we 
Don't let the guilt and shame keep us from moving forward with God. When we honestly seek after him and truly have faith and test him in that, that we can be cleansed from what we are experiencing, from the things that are holding us back, and we can live a life that God has intended us to live, walking in relationship with him. Amen? Don't let it hold you guys back. Come on. You know, I believe that this letter to the Hebrews, I really like this book. I think it was, at the time, and still is, absolutely necessary. Why? Because there's always going to be those of us who need to be reminded that Jesus is enough. I had to be reminded, right? The shame and the guilt that I allowed to build up in my life to hold me back, I had to be reminded. But yeah, I've been a Christian since I remember the day when I was five years old at VBS that I accepted Jesus into my heart and I did it willingly and I understood at the time what it meant. But I still have had my struggles. Why follow God? Why, why all of this, right? Why, why trust in him? Why have faith in him? What is, what is kind of the benefit? I can give you an example of my life as a testament to that. As, as I've already told you, I have a wife, three beautiful children. I've been with my wife a total of 17 years, 12 years of marriage. It's not been an easy road. And for some of you, you already know this, that it was very difficult for my wife and I to get pregnant with our first child. It was about five years of emotional turmoil, struggle. We, we thought we might never have kids, but now we have three and we can't seem to stop. So Jesus, hold on. Look, my life isn't perfect, but I've been very blessed. I have a home, a house, a very loving family. My wife, I tell you, she's a rock in the, in the house of God, but, you know, like, I've been just completely blessed. My kids have the most wonderful personalities, and I believe that is because I have chosen to, to not believe that guilt and shame. I have made the decision to follow after God each and every day, to trust that what he has told me, the things that he has promised me, are true and will come true. Right? And I have to make that decision daily. For me to get over my sexual addiction, the pornography addiction, I had to take some, some hard actions, right? It started with the guilt and shame. I had to believe that Jesus is who he says he is and will do what he said he is. Also, I had to bring in help from those around me. I have a strong team and a strong support, and that's where I bring in the Covenant Eyes program. If you guys struggle with that at all, I have it on this iPad, my cell phone, and my computer. And what it does is it monitors and sends your activity to people that you pick to keep you accountable so that if you do mess up, you have a support system there. And it really helps prevent you from wanting to make that choice. My wife is my accountability partner, and I can guarantee you I would not want her to have that information sent to her because I know the pain that would cause her, right? So I have this thing in place, and, the, and obviously I have Jesus, right? So I'm in prayer about it. I'm constantly fighting against it with the help of God. That shame and guilt that tells me that, well, you're not good enough because you've already done this. You've been doing this for years. You know, why not do it again kind of thing. I don't have to believe in that anymore because it says it right here. And God has proven himself faithful in my life. Guys, I am blessed. I'm not trying to brag here, but I do have a blessed life, although it's not perfect. But I am thankful to Jesus for what he has brought me through because I know other people here may have experienced sexual assault or really traumatic things, and your life can take a hard turn with those things. 
but I am thankful and I am standing proof that Jesus can pull you from those things and not let that stuff hold you back. I just want to pray for you guys before we go today. You know, I highly encourage you, if you are struggling with any type of consistent sin, with shame or guilt, if you're really battling that, know that God is here for you, but so are we. You can come to myself. We have the text line. After service, you can come to the altar. We want to pray for you. This isn't a battle that Jesus meant for us to take on by ourselves. This isn't a battle that you will be able to take on by yourselves. I highly encourage you to seek help, to not let these things hold you back because it will become a disease and fester and tear you down, but it doesn't have to. Father God, I pray over each and every person here. Whatever they may be struggling with, whatever shame they hold on their lives, whatever guilt that they are holding on to, Lord, that you just breathe in them a new, a new breath, Father God, washing over, cleansing them. Give them the the understanding of your faith, Father God. Show them your faith today and just how faithful you are as our God. I pray that chains are broken, that hearts are spoken to you, Lord Father God. And if you're out there and you're just, you're wavering, you're not sure you should ask for help, I encourage you to do so, Lord. I thank you for what you've done in my life and what you will do and have done in others. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for checking out this message from Believer's Chapel. You know, the Bible says in Romans 10, 13, that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And it's our hope that you will make today that day to call upon the name of the Lord and to give your life to him. If you'd like to speak to a pastor, please take out your phone, text 315-444-2100, and somebody from our team will be in touch with you. Also, if you're making the decision to follow Jesus for the first time today, text the word Jesus to that number, 315-444-2100, and we would love to celebrate with you. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.